Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 118, Episode 2 of Your Daily Zeitgeist, yeah. a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck, fuck Fox News, fuck. and fuck Mike Bloomberg 2020. It's Tuesday, January 28th, 2020. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. You clowning Jack O.B., yeah, so sweaty. You clowning Jack O.B., yoga baby. You clowning Jack O.B., yeah, boot cut cheek. Who's clowning Jack O.B.? Mostly Jack O.B. That is courtesy of Trite Gang. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Don't it always seem to go? You gotta shit away from your home. Miles brought his wipes to shit in a parking lot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, crispy wow. meme donut, Christy Yamaguchi main. Hey, we've all Wowie been there. Wow, wow. We've all been there. I actually have taken a shit in a parking lot. Yeah. Not like outside of a car. I was four years old. Oh, and I was. So you were wearing diapers? No, nah, I wasn't wearing diapers at four. Okay. Did my mom tell you that? No. That's a lie. <laughs> Did not wear diapers till I was four. So, but, well, what, technically what, maybe. so you just shit in a parking lot? I just lot? had to go to the bathroom real bad, and my mom was like, yo, here, go, <laughs> go, go over the shopping bag real quick. Okay, over a shopping bag. Over right. a shop. Just, yeah. I guess took care of your... Just wanted to be as transparent as possible with the audience. You know what I mean? Uh, well, we appreciate it. <laughs> when, do, when does one stop wearing diapers? Uh... Like, what's the accepted with, timeline? With uh, girls, it's usually a little bit earlier, probably two. Oh, are well, girls better at sort of yeah, holding their fingers? Yeah, they they figure things out. Yeah. they they're just generally smarter. Uh, and then boys usually 15? late two, oh. early three, <laughs> late two, early twenties. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious and talented Mr. Eric Lampair. Oh, Eric. Mm. Oh. Wow. wow. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't. I didn't have a song. Well, wow. <laughs> oh, beautiful. I sounded like a song. song. I think you do have a song right there. I'm slowly going to build you up got the to beginnings a, a of genuinely good yeah. song. Yeah, like an opera eventually. Yeah. I'd like Some that. record producers out there are just like, you got something, kid. <laughs> keep keep building on that. It's my seventh time here, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to really Lucky become a member of the family. Seven. Oh, yeah. Yes. I, was, I was helping myself to a bagel. Mm-hmm. Like family does. Hey, is, when you hear your family. You, you have know. invited me to have some of those bagels, but it of is course. fun. I just go in the fridge now and go, I'll have all of it. Yeah, yeah. please do. Yeah. That's what it's here for. It's quite nice. Uh, well, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a few of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're talking about some of the 2020 uh, Democratic primary candidate celebrity crushes. New York Times is doing some real, just it's getting to the truth hitting. of the matter. Who uh, would you fuck, Tom Steyer? <laughs> we're going to talk about Bolton's leaked manuscript. Just generally what the dynamic for impeachment is now. Girl, I'm talking about impeaching this creep. We're going to talk about uh, Paula White, the televangelist who is Trump's right hand. Uh, <laughs> right hand of God. Spiritual uh, advisor. Yeah. Who I think at the end of last week uh, begged God to terminate uh, satanic pregnancies. Uh, which is why she's in the news. We're gonna and she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I think you guys got me all mis- mixed up here. That's right. not what I meant. <laughs> Wait, I meant, like, uh, uh-huh. gotta go. Yeah. Uh, we are, of course, going to talk about the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and 
uh, seven other people in a helicopter crash in L.A. Uh, over the weekend. Uh, all of that and plenty more. But first, Eric, we like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? Well, if I'm honest, yeah. uh, I, I googled uh, some STD clinics. Uh, mm, in, in, mm-hmm. the, in my local area. Mm. Uh, I got a message this morning from a lady saying, okay. you should get checked. Oh, all right. Oh, and boy. I was like, oh, no. And we had sex like a year and a half ago. Okay. So I'm feeling good. Yeah. Right. I'm feeling good about it, guys. Okay. But actually, you know what? I haven't checked myself in a while. So I was like, oh. There you Always go. important. Yeah, this know your health. positive text. Yeah, get your health checked. And, you know, <laughs> shout out to responsible <laughs> partners, too. You know what I mean? I yes. think it's, yeah. That is responsible. It's not a great thing to wake up to. No. 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 I believe that's one of the five categories of fear. Yeah. (laughs) Rejection, failure, high, I think you should go maybe possibly get get your health tested and 900 missed calls from a parent. And also, there's such a variety of STDs. That's the beauty. Yeah. It's, you know, like, because if I've got, like, the top dog one. Right. Oh, life is going to change. Right. But if it's just lovely sort of genital wart type thing. Right. Um, those are lovely, by the way, I have to say. Lovely. They, yeah, they huge look fan. nice. You can decorate right. them. Um, you know, that's something <laughs> that I can handle. Mm-hmm. You can draw a um, little face on them. Yeah. But I don't know what gonorrhea is like, for example. Yeah. Like, like Miles, what, what's that like? Oh, <laughs> boy. Is that the, the clap? Still, still figuring it out, man. <laughs> still figuring it out. Still. <laughs> we get back uh, to you on that one. We can. We've pulled the koala community, and is that the one they have? That's chlamydia. No, that's chlamydia. Yeah, koalas have chlamydia. I feel. I feel like a fool. Uh, They have the same fingerprints as well as as humans. The same fingerprints. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, they have similar fingerprints. Does the FBI know that? I feel like that might crack some cases wide open. (laughs) (laughs) Jack the Ripper was actually a koala. (laughs) It was actually a koala. Uh, You don't know. We can't. We can't say. According to Live Science, it says even forensic investigators can have trouble discerning between human and. That's what I'm saying, man. Take take a second look at some uh, open cases. How is this not a movie? I'm right? serious. Koala, yeah, like a CSI episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like for real. This I've that's heard a of twist. Cat burglars, but koala burglars, yeah. or a guy, <laughs> whoops, koala burglars. <laughs> yeah, mm. uh, that's that's pretty great. Though. Or there's like there happens to be a koala with a very similar fingerprint. I mean, look, dude, I'm right. gonna workshop this. I'll be back with it. Right, koalas breaking into like the. You know mm-hmm. the CIA with the fingerprint scanner. Oh, thing. Mission Impossible style, yeah, Mission going Impossible to Langley style. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, Test. Mission Impossible. Test. The crew will toast uh, add a koala uh, <laughs> to <laughs> their squad. Yeah, to replace the contortionists. They right. would have in other crews. They're like, and then you need one koala. <laughs> they're dangerous. Right. They got chlamydia and fingerprints like a human. Yeah, but they're. Wonderful lovers, so mm-hmm. it's hard. hard it to would resist. be a good way to get away from murder, actually. If you, if I, if I found the corresponding koala, koala. To, to my hands, right? I heard I every out. human has a corresponding koala. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't that be beautiful? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great? Wow, that's the movie. Find your, <laughs> find your, find koala, your koala. Finding your koala. Yeah, but that would say what? How many people? Seven billion people. In yeah. The world? That's okay, so seven billion koalas. A little much. Yeah. Probably too many. Okay. Well, we'll work on that. Uh, Eric, what is something you think is overrated? So I can find something that was overrated. I've got the underrated, but overrated, I was like, oh, that's such a challenging thing to, to, to sort of pinpoint when I think that everything has value to some people. Wow. And so I was, I was yes. really challenged by that. I was like, what is, what is, what is overrated in my life? Sure. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I can find something. That's I okay. like that philosophical answer. Yeah. 
It's we. I think we need uh, positive vibes today. So uh, we do need positive vibes today. A lot of people hurting. You know, like last, like because last last time I was here with you guys, uh, I was like, oh, the penny farthing that's overrated. And then I got a barrage ben of penny onslaught. farthing game king. For, yeah. King for you. yeah, and then and then I actually learned quite a lot about penny farthings. I was like, actually, they are quite cool. Yeah, I you actually, actually ended up r- rolled up in a penny farthing gang yeah, today. Today, so <laughs> the, yeah, I noticed. Yeah, yeah they're like, I'll can't. be done in about ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're just circling outside the studio right now. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, one guy's really got that hoop going with the stick down the street. <laughs> Let's go, boys. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, what is something you think is underrated? Underrated? Here we go. May I say, Yogi Tea. Now, I am not sponsored by them, but I almost kind of want to. I don't know if you've ever had a Yogi Tea. I mean, I, uh, I've seen the box at the store, but I've ah, not. So good. <laughs> Tell me about I, it. Oh, mate. So I had it for the f- like two weeks ago. I tried my first Yogi Tea. Mango ginger. Oh. What, a, what a flavor. Yeah. What a flavor. Um, also... Um, it got, it got me thinking of a lovely lady with red hair. Nothing to do with the tea. Right. That was right. the imagery. Mango I was, ginger. I was wow. drinking that in, if you yeah, like. Right, yeah, like yeah. a sort of nice um, afternoon tea with a lovely lady with red hair. Okay. Wow. Um, and it comes, so like, you know, the, you know, like each tea bag comes with a little string and then a little sort of mm-hmm. like tag. tag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the tag for yogis have uh, have like a sort of uplifting thing. Oh, nice. I actually have a yogi tea with me right now. You do? Uh, Did you bring like one a, with you? No, you you actually have. Oh, we some have in them there. here. Yeah, yeah. See, this shows them. you how little tea I drink. Right. I'm like, oh, we um, have that here. So the this one is lift people up to their potential and higher self. Mm. Wow. Mm. So you drink that, you put that in your subconscious, and then your subconscious goes, ah, thank you, and yeah. then you drink it. Ah, honestly, yeah. you're and buzzing. I. I, I think I'm becoming more British now that I live in the UK. <laughs> right. I never I never cared in about In the US, you mean? In the US. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, constant. You're having more, you think your tea intake's increased? I think my tea has, has gone up. Are you having more full, Engli- English, Eng- full English, full oh, no. English fry-ups <laughs> as well? Oh, no, I'm actually learning to, I'm one of those, unfortunately, I'm learning how to become a vegan. Oh, uh, nice. No, no shade in No, that. no, I'm ashamed. I am ashamed. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, I think, you know, being French, technically, originally. Uh, oh, right. We are carnivores. Yeah. Um, so you're going against your DNA in a way, you feel? Well, I guess what I would like to do is, you know, I don't want to have the factory meat. Sure. But there is a sort of, I would love to just get naked in, mm. like, Africa, mm-hmm. right? And then just chase a line down and just with my bare hands and my teeth. Yeah. Destroy the animal and eat the entire thing, you may and have then to do become some king of its pride. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! So I'm still down for eating meat, but I I have to deserve it. Wow, you know? we've got two great movie ideas I know, going. Right? We've got the Who's My Koala, or it's yeah. called My Koala: The Search right. for My Very Own Koala with the same fingerprints, and then also Eric, King of the Pride, right? Where right. you just go oh, to earn your keep. You must <laughs> right. you must hunt your meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, I think the koala movie should be Mike Hawala, and that's the guy's name. Wow! Then, yeah, and, and Mike oh, Hawala yeah, has that. to find his koala. Uh, just, just spitballing here. We can, we can work on it. Um, <laughs> Different than Mike Hawk. Yes, right. The best. Uh, finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Well, I was just talking to Miles about this before recording, but my current life is a myth uh, in okay. itself. Uh, so, um, some previous listeners are aware of my sort of psychosis. Uh-huh. I don't have depression or anxiety. I have the opposite. I have psychosis, where I don't know what is reality. Okay. Which is 
really fun to live in because then it open it opens it opens <laughs> it opens portals uh. it opens like portals to infinite possibilities which in terms of creativity is really fun that's great um but that being said it means that every single second that i live i actually don't know what is real my current struggle is i don't really know that we we live on earth uh-huh right i'm okay. i'm thinking okay maybe we live on jupiter and uh-huh. we humans are taught to think that we live on Earth. Mm-hmm. But actually, what we are thinking is Earth is actually a sort of simulation to learn how we all fucked up the Earth. Wow. wow. You know? Mm-hmm. And then we all wake up together on Jupiter. Like, on Jupiter. Well, see? This is, this is And we're all clones, and Ozymandias is our master. Right. Yeah. Or that would be the moon of Europa, of Jupiter. That's I'm right. thinking that's of Watchmen. The I, that's the thing. I have no idea what's... I have just no idea what's going on. And uh, it's it's quite fun and at the same time exhausting You're the possibilities seeking. are sort yeah. of yeah I, I right now we're in a room with uh, with this four of us sure mm. all four of us experience universe and reality in a different way right 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 and based on our experiences yeah yeah and it's beautiful and at the same time challenging because then sure. we have to somehow find a way to communicate with each other uh, if you want to sort of communicate on a deeper level right right to right. truly make a connection with one another mm-hmm. you then have to like dig deep and uh, I'm just an exhausted archaeologist yeah, but right now. And you're finding something deeper, though. <laughs> Shit. So that's, that's my pretty, answer. Pretty profound. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I remember when I realized I was going to be a philosophy major, like, the main oh, overarching yeah. thing that I realized was how little we know. Like, that was the thing that kept coming up in, uh, like, Philosophy 101 was, like, the thing that people got wrong was just assuming we know, like, certain things. And it was just, like... No, you're just you're assuming things about like the nature of reality that that aren't actually there. So I mean, the stuff you're you're talking about is also things that various philosophies get at, and they're very interesting and also wildly impractical things right. to, in terms of your day to day life. Yeah, chasing your own tail, kind right. of thing. Right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, a little bit. I feel like chasing your own tail is a little myopic, and this is kind of the opposite of that. It's trying to understand the nature of reality. Well, oh, there we go. Very interesting. A true pursuit. Let's talk about the celeb crushes of the 2020 primary candidates. Oh, uh, which man. doesn't matter at all. Oh, it uh, do- wait, what? It doesn't matter to me at oh. all, but it is funny in the sense of watching these people uh who have been trained their entire careers against human impulses uh, have the desire to be like, I'm a, I'm a normal human. I'm a celebrity. And some of the answers are genuine. Some of the answers are laugh out loud. Some yeah. of them I stand. Okay. Right. Now let's just go in order for who they got up first. Mayor Michael Bloomberg. Yes. 77 years old. Who's your crush, Mr. Bloomberg? Um, you know, a couple of actresses that I like, a couple of actors that I think are really good. Uh, my favorite actor and actress, uh, Lorna Dern and William Macy, who starred in a movie that I produced called Focus, based on an Arthur Miller book. Wow, way to make that about yourself. Right. Yep. And also, who's Lorna Dern? Lorna Dern. The cookie? <laughs> no, Lorna Dern. Is it Lorna Dern from an English novel, too? 
I don't know. The name Lorna. I think Dune, he was going so. for Laura Dern. He was yeah, Laura right. Dern, yeah. Lorna Dern. <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't know who this gentleman is because I'm not keeping up with the news lately. Yeah, don't need to. Uh, but Laura Dern is a good choice. Yeah, she yeah. is smashing it with the acting at the moment. He is right. uh, one of the wealthiest men in America who's running for president. He was the former mayor of New York, and he's like avoiding traditionally run. Like he's in. He's doing a thing where he's just betting big on Super Tuesday in the primaries to try and become the nominee for the president right. uh, for the presidential race. And a lot of people do not like him because he comes from the billionaire class and is sort of doing the exact thing that's wrong with these kinds of presidential races. He's using his money to like not really need to have like a full on ground game. He's using all kinds of airtime to get his name recognition out there. So he's been a bit of a divisive figure. Yes. Uh, and he has spent uh, $200 million on his campaign so far, just of his own money, uh, just blasting his ads into people's brains. Right. And um, then you look at people like who are going for small dollar donations, and it's just much uh, – the comparison <laughs> right. becomes very clear. Okay. So next, another mayor. It was interesting also that he is – you know, some, somewhere like I don't know if he was just kind of panicking, looking for another actor that he he had heard of, William H. Macy, or if he's like kind of coming out as bi or I don't you know. know what he, I think he doesn't know what the question was. Right. I think if if it was put because like the things you hear about Michael Mike Bloomberg is like he would look at an attractive woman and comment about it. Yes. So he probably. Probably does have a celebrity In, inappropriate crush, and he had to re like he had to go to PR mode, right? And he's like, I made a movie with these two actors, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's there's that, right? He, um, but the fact that he can't come up with a celebrity crush without uh, just doing just going into celebrity that I have interaction with uh, is pretty. <laughs> Is pretty amazing. What's uh, yeah. what's your celebrity crush like when you were a kid? What? When I was a kid, uh, Lorna. Dune? Lorna, Lorna Dune, Dune cookies. For me, yeah. Always oh, a big fan. Man. Little Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> from uh, Crayshon's uh, sidekick yeah, yeah. from yep. the Gucci Gucci video. That's the one. Uh, I, loved, I loved Tyra Banks when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I Beautiful. Loved I loved, uh, when I was really young, I really loved Paul Abdul. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah? The cold-hearted snake video oh, really wow. fucked me up, man. Damn. Okay, uh, Jack. Really fucked me up. <laughs> uh, let's go move on to Mayor Pete. Uh, who again? Very professional answer, Mayor Pete. Who's your celebrity crush? Um, not for the New York Times to know about. Oh, wow! Damn. Keep, keep the cards close to the chest. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Minnesota. That's a good answer, though. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's a little intrigue in there. Yeah, that's probably a good answer. That, that felt to me. I'm like, ooh, maybe there is somebody. Yeah. And so I'm these sure. are actual questions that we're asking presidential presidents. candidates. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's what we're asking them out loud. I mean, <laughs> okay. among with like twenty other. <laughs> right. Yeah, this is why it's like I like look, your amusement. Yeah, real hard hitting stuff. We're looking at like creeping white supremacy and all these that are not creeping, like authoritarian right. white supremacist governments. Uh, just horrible <laughs> financial inequality. Hey, who's your celebrity crush though? Huh? Right, right. What's your what's your? Yeah, but the thing is, also, I would love to know Hitler's crush yeah right. of course you, know, you like, all want so to know these things but there I, is a weird like yeah sort of curiosity about i mean look stuff. see and this is where i say maybe there's a little value to this because amy klobuchar from minnesota this is a senator from minnesota she her answer i'm like you know what maybe i need to open myself up a little bit to amy klobuchar a celebrity crush yes prince uh, and uh, i know he's not with us anymore which is one of the most biggest tragedies of 
opioids, uh, but Prince uh, is an icon. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's a right. good choice. Klobuchar 2020. Yes. That one makes sense. Uh, then Elizabeth Warren. She, we'll just, I mean, I'm oh, curious to know. Like Lassie or something. I'm, no, I'm curious <laughs> to know how, if we feel this is a for real thing or nah. this is just like a good answer. This is Elizabeth Warren's celebrity crush. Oh, I do. The Rock. Oh. Ah. What does he have going for him? Oh, what does he have going for him? That's a question only a man would ask. Uh, you know, oh. The Rock, come on. Uh, just look at that man. He's Ooh, she's like, he's eye candy. Is that oh, what she said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I like her eye answer. Candy. That, I like her answer because it was, I believed it. That's the know? thing. It, it When you hear it, you seem like that's like sort of like if you were saying, what's the least offensive choice you could make given like popularity in this country? Like, right. I get it. I mean, maybe not everyone likes the big muscle bound wrestler, but she, her eyes light up. Right. She's like, yes, I do. The rock. Wow. Yeah. I don't. I, I've heard people comment about The Rock and the Arnold Schwarzenegger like body type as being like too much. Yeah, just like, that hyper masculine. Yeah, yeah, like it's a it's uh kind of off putting, but I mean but you I know, have, there I, are definitely people who that appeals to. Yeah. Mostly straight men I I thought, but <laughs> They're like, Yeah, bro. Oh, the rock. Yeah. I did I did think though, if I had to be saved by a man, uh like the rock if i saw the yeah. rock coming towards me like and i was like on fire yeah, yeah. Like, I, would, I would trust him no i want the rock to hold me in his arms like a little baby but yeah. like yeah. that's me i just don't know <laughs> like a like, little baby <laughs> like a little baby just hold me like a little baby i want him rock. to put me on his shoulders <laughs> at a concert and <laughs> <laughs> be like get up there you see the stage good yeah, right all right yeah. so she smells what the rock is cooking what about andrew yang he Look, really great diplomatic answer from Andrew Yang, the tech, former tech executive. I'm a happily married man. Um, mm. I think my wife's a star, and I've got a big crush on her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that it? Yeah. Boring. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sentiment, correct. Correct, yeah. Uh, That's actually, not a wrong I actually, answer. I actually love that his wife is number one. Yeah. That yeah. is actually, again, the correct answer. Yes. Uh, that being said, I think that in a marriage and in a relationship, that... that you're allowed to just be like, mm. yeah. yeah. Every person Ooh. who's in a committed oh. relationship will ask the other, their other, be like, "Hey, who's your celebrity crush? If you had a chance to be with this person, right? Who would that be?" And mm. I think most people have that answer just loaded, ready to go. Right. The thing is, me, my ex-wife, we had a list, but the frustration that I had was that I believed she could get any of those men. <laughs> like, like she had just the, like nail biting like, right. she had the power to so it's just, just a matter of time yeah well yeah. I was like well, this, this is just a fantasy <laughs> right? yeah. this is never this gonna is happen stupid. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, let's just go to one other the, our final billionaire uh, Tom Steyer for his answer who's Tom Steyer's celebrity crush a celebrity crush <laughs> well I'll tell you this the Grammys are this week right uh, mm-hmm. and Alicia Keys is going to be hosting the Grammys again mm. And she's somebody who I really think is a fantastic artist and a really good person. Okay. I like that. That was one where he wasn't quite getting into the seediness of a crush or what the implications are of a crush, but it was just, right. 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 I admire her. Right. And I love Alicia Keys. I guess that's better because Trump, let's say, would probably give us the real answer, which is like, oh, I'd love to like bone this one. Right. Right. He's like Alicia Keys, but with way bigger boobs. <laughs> right. It's like, what? Oh, my God. God. Jesus. Um, but none of that should be surprising. Yeah. Uh, there's something about old white dudes and Alicia Keys, because 
the Bob Dylan. I remember when she was first out, and I think she was like a like really young. He was like wondering where Alicia Keys can be. <laughs> and one of the songs it was like, "Yo, <laughs> he did, yeah, he had a, wow." He had a lyric about like how he was just like real into real wanting to know about that Alicia Keys. All right, uh, Bobby. Anyways. Did they ask Bernie Sanders what his was? No, he's absent from this thing. I'm not sure what, why, or what. Uh, I didn't even look at what the like the first questions were, because mm. uh, the next question was what's what's a bad habit you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike Bloomberg's was like, well, I like Cheez Its. Uh huh. Okay, we're looking for something good. At least Pete Buttigieg was like, I bite my nails. We get that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, it is time for the Republicans, uh, the president's lawyers, to launch their defense. Yes. Um, and as they're go- as we're going into that process of the impeachment hearing, uh, a bombshell dropped. 100%. From the shadows. Like a lightning Bolton from above. Wow. Uh, the man with the push broom mustache yeah. has put more detritus onto the floor of the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just picturing like mustache uh, dandruff. Oh. <laughs> detritus. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, oh, I said that wrong. Let's see. I blame my teachers for. No, no. I, I, Is it detritus or detritus? Can we get one? I think, I think, I think it's detritus, right? Yeah, I think you're right. But hey, okay. Just want to know. I'm not judging you. It doesn't matter. Look, we're all, God's working on all of us. Yeah, yeah. we're. Um, we're <laughs> <laughs> One word at we're a time. Allowed. Yeah, we're allowed to make mistakes. So he was. So John Bolton, uh, just for just a refresher, he was the former national security advisor who conservatives were loving his appointment to yeah. the Trump's cabinet because he is so horny to start wars anywhere, right. especially with Iran. He is just such a hawk. He has like pieces like, Ugh, no, right. let's and- fire up the war machine. And his. I mean, his worldview is pretty much shared by most conservative pundits like the Sean Hannity's, the Laura Ingram's of the world. Yeah. They were like, yes, get this guy in here because H.R. McMaster, who was the, the one of the former uh, national security advisors, was too, how do I say this, adult, rational? Right. Yeah, a, yeah. A Scared of starting a war with yeah. this guy as the president. Absolutely. Yeah. And so the New York Times um, has an excerpt, or basically they got a hold of the part of the manuscript from his book that's about to be published in March. Um, and it's got, you know, it basically says this, that President Trump, according to this manuscript, told Bolton in August that he wanted to continue freezing the $391 million in security assistance to Ukraine until the officials there helped get these investigations uh, into the Bidens going. Okay. Full stop. Wait, that's, so that's the whole thing, right? That's the whole scheme. After so the entire, national security advisor at the time yes. has confirmed the charges. That's what I was told. I was told by the president to withhold the aid until we get investigations because the entire impeachment hinges, or not hinges on, the articles of impeachment center around the president using his office and the influence and power of his office as president to coerce, to lean on, to blackmail, whatever, extort, whatever word you want to use, the Ukrainian government to give him an optics win, not even an actual investigation. He just wanted the Ukrainians to announce that there would be an investigation right. to the Bidens because Joe Biden uh, at the time and even now looks like one of the front runners to face him 
uh, in this next election. Yeah, but who did Bolton hear this from? Because that's been the issue all it's along. All it's all telephone game. He, you know, people talk to Giuliani, who tells them this yep. stuff. People talk to uh, I know. Heard it, heard it straight from the president's mouth. The president. But yeah. it was the president's mouth. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> well, was there's a brain. chain that goes from his brain down to his mouth. Uh, so you, you heard it from the president's vocal cords, right. actually. Yes. Hmm. Did he confirm it in writing? Uh, I don't know. That's the can't thing. Be, can't be confirmed yet. So. But this is just how, you know, again, for most people who saw all the testimony that happened in the House, it was pretty clear that this was happening. Yeah, yeah. And, no, and it's this no, is... this isn't against the character of the president to abuse his power what to I, do something for his own gain. What I do like, though, is, okay, so, again, I don't approve of the things that he's done because it seems like it comes from a place of pain and anger and fear. Mm -hmm. That being said, personally, I'm not president, but... You know, sometimes I like to just give and love and, and you know, and do favors and stuff. Mm -hmm. But, it's some, you know, I've also got my own life to live. Right, right, right. And sometimes I do think like, look, if you want me to do this for you, what's in it for me? Yeah, right? yeah. Right. And there is an element of like, do you want billions of dollars? Right. Well, can you just do me a favor and check up on this guy? Right. There's, there's almost like, I almost kind of feel sorry for him because I, I think that Trump is just an idiot. Who right. didn't realize he made a mistake. Yeah, sure. And that mistake, I actually can go like... Oh yeah, I sort of see why that makes sense. You, right. want, you want billions of dollars when you have somebody a favor. who violates all the norms. You start to realize how important and also unnatural some of those norms are. Like right. the thing that like we're asking them to do is like a bunch of fucking dorks. Like he's like, right. what? What are these bunch of dorks? Like I, I'm not allowed to ask for like some favors <laughs> in return. President, like, this is how it works. What are you going to do? Be selfless yeah. and, and it's look like, out. Yeah. No, there's like a bunch of really high-minded ideals that are enforced by a bunch of. Like really nerdy, really detail-oriented bureaucrats. That like <laughs> that is the line between authoritarianism and this like uh, amazingly successful experiment in government that's been going on for. Uh, <laughs> and now we're watching the experiment begin to yeah, fail fall spectacularly. Apart. Yeah, and he's like, it. It just seems wild to him that anybody would uh, criticize him for doing that. He also, uh, according to this manuscript too, there's mention that uh, the, the Attorney General, America's top cop, William Barr, also knew about it because he overheard Trump basically saying, he's like, yeah, I'll let Giuliani and Attorney General Barr know, like in a call to uh, other conspirators. Yeah. So, again, this, uh, like everyone's been saying since this impeachment trial started in the Senate, we need to have witnesses testify right because these are the kinds of facts that are material to you know like determining whether or not this president uh, had committed these offenses and it's pretty clear he did but now the position for republicans is it's starting to get a little shaky because right. before this they're like it's fine it's fine it's fine now you have someone that's on their team saying no yeah he said that i'm there i have a book coming out yeah and there's a book coming out that says this so it's not like yeah we heard this or like he gave this he might have said this in an interview. It's this is going to come out after your vote. You're right. going to look stupid if you vote and then like the thing comes out and make, you know, completely contradicts all of the conclusions you drew. It really <laughs> feels like at this point, you know, we're we're not trying to figure out what happened. Like everybody knows what happened. It's just like we're watching a staring contest where the Republicans see if they can keep a straight face through the vote. Yeah. And like each piece of evidence that comes out, it's like, well, that's going to make it kind of like they're going to break. Certainly. Yeah. 
Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. That's that's the thing we're we're up against. It's like, are they going to? As every day, as more things come out, you know, Lev Parnas just dropped audio clips of him of the president talking about all this stuff. We'll, I'll play a clip right now of Lev Parnas basically explaining to the president like how much Ukraine uh, relies on U.S. aid to be able to defend themselves from Russia, and he's giving him a lay of the land. And we're hearing this out loud happening. Obviously, if they go on their own, Russia will, will, won't let them do it because they'll cut off a lot of their uh, revenue. How long have they lasted a fight with Russia? Not very long. Very long. Without us, not very long. Without us, not us. Hmm. How long do they last with Russia? Without us, not very long. Who asked that question? That was Trump. That was Trump? Yeah. Damn. And being like, yeah, okay, so... How strong so they is my hand? They really need us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, damn. 30 seconds? Oh, okay. I might be able to get some couple things out of this. And that's we're seeing all that sort of logic pl- like play out, you know, with audio, with yeah. these things. And yeah. I, I granted, sure, you could say you could question the legitimacy of these recordings or whatever, but based on everything we've heard from lifetime uh state department workers and things like that, this this is what's been happening and yeah. it's very clear. So, the we defense should. seems to be, because we got a little preview, like an hour and a half uh, of the defense over the weekend and then a full day uh, yesterday, uh, and the defense just exclusively seems to be like, man, y'all are a bunch of haters. Yeah. You need to just leave the president alone because uh, the, their overall argument is this is an attempt by Democrats to tear up the votes, which uh, that's what impeachment like they, they, so it's a, it's a critique of the idea of impeachment. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, their other argument is like the Democrats keep trying to get him, catch him when he does illegal stuff. Yeah, which, which is an odd argument, right? And it, they've also held back on impeaching, like over the course of years of him doing illegal stuff. But again, those are those are the main arguments and they're they're not really legal arguments, right? They're more No, they're just like it's schoolyard arguments. It's everyone like, you know, when they submitted their document prior to the trial starting, most legal experts laughed. They're like, yeah. there isn't a sensible legal argument to any of this aside from being like it really was almost could be distilled to nah. Yeah. Is the hot and like what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah. Nah. Like yeah. he did that. Nah. Nah, okay, but you're just this is impeachable. Nah, because you, you love him. Yeah, but that's what? Also, I, I also like that sort of right. defense. I mean, it, because it's it's such a dick move. It is, but but the, unfortunately, the funny. stakes are so goddamn high that when you see someone enter into this space where we're trying to trying to work something out, but everything is so hyper partisan that they no one can look at this process as being like a real trial. That yeah, they can enter with these arguments, shield this president, and then continue to. Who knows what you know? But the, it's like it's like the is. the most high version of uh, Shaggy's "It Wasn't Me." It is, yeah. right? which I I yeah from afar can yeah, enjoy. Exactly, she it even got me. me on camera. It wasn't me. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Picture this: we were both <coughs> butt naked, banging on the bedroom floor. What Mom bathroom Trump. floor? Bathroom floor. Yeah, bathroom floor. Oh boy. Weird. Mm. Uh, Maybe right. there's no cameras in there. Yeah. Let's talk about let's talk about uh, Paula White. Who uh, we we've had a profile of her from our writer Jay McNabb on the doc for a little while, but she recently uh, came to national attention because uh, she was seen praying uh, that all 
satanic pregnancies be spontaneously miscarried. That's what she says. She says, in the name of Jesus, we right. command all satanic pregnancies to miscarry right now. Yeah. We declare that anything that's been conceived in satanic wombs, that it'll miscarry. It will not be able to carry forth any plan of destruction, any plan of harm. What's right. a satanic pregnancy? I have no idea because most there are a lot of like clergy who are like, this is the most horrible thing because right. if you know most priests would be like every child is a is god's creation right there's no such thing a satanic pregnancy does not exist unless you were hooking up with satan right. somewhere right i think but that's the only case you could say a pregnancy was satanic if you had sex with satan and he and he or she got you pregnant but this worldview and we'll see in a little bit like the, there is an entire worldview where it's fear-based and there is good and evil and evil is out there constantly uh, you know, scheming about ways to get the good guys because they are the bad guys. And oh, people like, are always like, oh, God, oh, he's so good. You know, God is probably so bored, right? <laughs> just being good all the time. He yeah. needs a pal yeah. like right. Satan to yeah. just mess shit up. Yeah. Like, I know that if I was God, like, <laughs> You'd be, it would be very boring on my own. I'd follow Satan on Instagram, look at his stories, be like, <laughs> Yeah, this dude is fucking is wild, full. man. Yeah. All right, all right, back to my god shit. But I, I'm gonna look at it real quick. Yeah, you know, like, um, so uh, it's an interesting uh, game. She, so his, uh, she is his primary spiritual advisor. She's mm -hmm. also a televangelist. Uh, she's known Trump for over 15 years. Was at his inauguration, mm -hmm. uh, and he actually hired her a couple months ago as an advisor for his Faith and Opportunity Initiative. Yes, uh, which is basically a program designed to help service providers who don't want to assist people for religious reasons. Yeah, if your faith has brought you to a place where you don't want to give another person an opportunity to help them, right? Uh, then we're here to help. Yeah, because right. that's such a I guess that's the new thing is being like, no, I can be discriminatory because of my faith. Right. Uh, not allowing me to be discriminatory is actually discrimination against, against me. me. Right, right, right. right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. This is something else. Uh, but she is controversial even among Christians because she believes uh, in the prosperity gospel, which oh teaches God. Ooh, what's that? that God will bless you with riches uh, as long as you first put a little down payment. Uh, give a little money mm -hmm. uh, to, uh, I don't know, how about Paula White, maybe? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, it's basically like, hey, man, look, God God loves you. We Look, let's get this on the table. God right. loves you, okay? Yeah. And he wants you to be blessed. He wants you to have that car, <laughs> that money, that job. All you got to do is have faith in him and to prove it. And uh, give, me give me some a portion of your first month's salary. Right. Like, it's really shit like that. Oh, he's, like, he's, like some, he's like your agent. Yeah. yeah, in a yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> you, but it's uh, it's funny. These people are like, help me grease the gears with God, grease the wheels with God a little right. bit to allow let the blessings come in to you. Uh, and this whole thing, it's it's wild because it's so predatory. And it really, the people who make $10,000 or less per year are twice, twice as likely like, to yeah. adhere to the prosperity gospel than people who make thirty five to fifty thousand. Yeah. Like it 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 preys on a very specific, desperate kind of person of being like, fuck it. Like my maybe my last roll of the dice is to give my money to this person on TV who's saying, like, if you give me the money, I can help God turn that into a boomerang of cash for you that'll come right back or something. It's it's really, really uh yeah. Fucking like disgusting. Miles, like Smart Miles and said, evil. Yeah. one of her suggestions uh, was explicitly that 
Her followers should send her, quote, a portion of their first month's salary. Mm -hmm. Paula is challenging you to put first things first. She's also, uh, just complete aside, she's married to the keyboard player from Journey. Great. Uh, but Don't stop believing, no. Uh, instead of fake news, she called for, quote, every demonic network who has criticized President Trump to be torn down in the name of Jesus. So again, that kind of goes- that. Yeah, yeah, in the name of Jesus, do violence <laughs> onto uh, people who don't support Donald Trump or who, you know, basically it's a us versus them world, and she is praying for the deaths of anybody who's on the other side. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, it's but you know that whole thing. Like, if you have the thing when you have like these forces of evil so well defined like in your religious theology or how you're looking at the world that allows right. you to hate something yeah you know what i mean that allows you to be like you know i love every like but, but the demons i i don't i don't like satan right and this is a bad thing i have to press up against right and i think being able to create those kind that kind of dynamic allows you to put the focus of whatever's quote unquote demonic on anything because you're always being like well what's demonic because right. if there's something's demonic or labeled as demonic, then I can be opposed to that, or I can push back or yeah. hate that. Yeah, it is, and that is, and that is a challenge that I think we also face, right? Is yeah. What is bad and what is good, mm -hmm. right? Um, that is a challenge. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, it's, it's and also if you don't have something, this is the weird thing. Where again, this is where I'm at. Where life is technically, I think, but my personal life, not you know, there's there's shit going on out there, mm -hmm. but my personal life seems to be pretty good and yet there is a sort of fire in me that's mm. still looking for a problem right? yeah well, that's that... looking for something to to fight against yeah and it's it's maybe very human oh absolutely want, to want drama some you need conflict sometimes it helps it helps create sides it helps create those kinds of labels we need yeah and then sometimes it it can be sometimes we are so used to conflict that to be in a state of peace feels weird because you're like, well, fuck, right, no, right. I'm not used to this. Usually well, yeah. some, the chaos is about to show up. I mean, our so nervous system was designed when we were still in the food chain. Right. So, like, so being, having to, like, make life or death decisions every day. That's when our nervous system was designed. So That's once we made yes. it out of the food chain and stopped having those, uh, you know, threats every day, I, it's there's still, like, some vestigial like stress built in there like we we don't necessarily feel natural don't feel human <laughs> well, yeah we right, are right. fear fearing for our lives well because like that whole mechanism to keep us safe from predators or whatever when we were in the food chain is still in us and now in our new world it's like well the tools are still there so now i'm just going to use a weird thing someone said to me and I'll put it through this lens and be right. like, do I need to fear this? Or and a whatever? lot of the, yeah. I mean, the, the the powers that be have figured out what, like, how that apparatus, like, the perceiving apparatus, like, works and have figured out how to hack it using uh, commercials and advertising. and uh, So, know. therefore, there is a way to hack it so that you can sort of... yeah. By showing you, by showing you visual evidence of things they want you to fear, instead of you know the long term. No, but I'm saying that so you could do the opposite thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you right. can self hack. Well, yeah, then right. you can also say, "Hi, thank you, outdated safety mechanism from my caveman <laughs> right. brain. I acknowledge that you're looking at the problem like this yeah. because you—that's how it's meant. That's how it was wired. Right. But sometimes I think the hard part that people have is like recognizing when you're 
fear on switch is just stuck on on. Yeah. And you're not actually using it in the way it needs to be. You're like, is is this really a threat to me? Why am I looking at this? Why is that activating the same emotional space as something that would be a threat or something to my existence? Right. And I think that's like the the bit where you're like, hmm, I think the on button stuck. Let me just kind of right, right, right. loosen it. There we go. Yeah. That's off. That's and that's nice. just a tool. It's not that's, me. It's just a tool. That's some good advice, guys. Yeah. But on the uh, sort of philosophical question we were talking about earlier on, like whether we know anything, uh, Paula has some interesting things to say about she knows for a fact certain things about Jesus. Right, okay. Uh, so on the subject of immigration, <laughs> oh, okay. that, that's, an argument, <laughs> that's an argument that uh, you know people have been like, how does it fit in with your uh, Christian values that the president is uh, leaning on putting kids in cages? Uh, and on the subject of immigration, Paul, Paul has a good answer. She claimed that while Jesus was a refugee, mm-hmm. he didn't break any immigration laws. Uh-huh. And if he did, he would not have been our Messiah. Boom. So. Wow. That's something she knows When for you a fact. really look that whole, que- that whole quote, <laughs> well, Jesus was a refugee. Okay. Yes, he did live in Egypt for three and a half years, but it was not illegal. Right. If he had broken the law, then he would have been sinful and he would not have been our Messiah. Right. That's something that wow. she can speak to for a fact. And all of that's why he was so famously all about whatever the Romans said was the law mm-hmm. and whatever, you know, yep. he was just about it. I feel sorry for Jesus. He's getting <laughs> such a hard time yeah. being misunderstood by right. so many yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, he's just a uh, chill guy, man. Just she like also casually demands $100,000 while warning that, quote, your dream will die if you don't empty your pockets. This is, I mean, but it's th- it's great, though, that she works with Trump because he did he did the exact same thing with Trump University. Oh, it's yeah. It's like, let me sell you a dream because oh, you are yeah. desperate and I'm just going to fucking rob you blind. Yeah. Ugh. Gotta love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back, and uh, yeah, we have to talk about the death of Kobe Bryant. Yeah, uh, one of the most tragic deaths of uh, a public figure, and I feel like our lifetime, maybe. Uh, you know, I feel like the sports world has had those people who you know you didn't expect to lose uh, die young, like Kurt Cobain and Prince, but. Uh, I don't know. With with Kobe, it seems like people are incredibly shocked, and you know, a lot of people are hurting based on this. Yeah, I, it's. Um, I don't. I've. I have not really processed what has happened. I am a lifelong Laker fan. Uh, I was a. I I didn't personally was not a fan of Kobe. When he played, I was very frustrated with him very early in his career because he was like, I'm going to do everything on my own, sometimes to the detriment of the team. Uh, but he was a f- an amazing competitor, and you can't take away like the things he's done in basketball. And I, while I've, I've seen a lot of people really choose to focus on uh, the rape allegations that, uh, that had come out in, I think, 2003, right. of sort of like defining or making – I've seen people celebrate his death which I'm not sure Damn. why you would do that because so I'm while you, yes, that can be true and that can be reprehensible and unforgivable or however you want to choose to look at that. 
But to me, more than even it being Kobe Bryant, I think just the idea of him and his daughter and these other families that were on board on these helicopters, everyone's lives are just shattered yeah. instantly. So and many people died. It's a very... Uh, I'm I'm just very heartbroken for all those families because I cannot imagine you know from the Altabelli family there was there was another coach on there that was a father a mother and their child and they have other children too yeah that's completely like just, I can't you can't imagine um, but, um, yeah um, it, it's it's really tough and you know it's he was he inspired many people and I think when you look at even in Japan, right? Just to sort of see his influence. There are people in Japan who are like mourning his loss because A, he was named after the city of Kobe, like because of Kobe beef, basically. Right. I think his father had a, a huge love for it. Is that right? um, That's like yeah, cool. and even like in the aftermath of this tsunami in 2011, like he really used his presence to draw attention to the humanitarian efforts. And it's, I think things like this are always difficult to deal with because when you have any kind of complicated legacy, People may only choose to put on one, like focus on one thing. You see, some people just looking at all the bad that he's done, right. uh, or these the what what happened in Colorado. Some people are completely ignoring all of that and choose to focus on that. I think that's in your right, depending on how you observe who this person is. Right. I can only speak for myself personally to know I can't defend any of those actions, but to say as a human being who lived in Los Angeles, who his like championships created moments of connection for me and my father and my family and many other like young black kids, brown kids seeing somebody say, hi, I went from high school and I changed the life. Like I'm, and I did all of this on my own. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a lot to process. I don't even know. I don't even know what I'm saying out loud. I just, yeah. I'm feel so many different things. And um, it's, it's definitely challenging when you, like, I don't know anything about Kobe. Mm -hmm. Um, just because I just didn't grow up around right. that. Uh, but, you know, death, we all come across it. And I guess it is it is challenging when certainly people just judge one person on a, on a tiny segment of their life, which is like, how can you do that? You know, we are all however many years worth of experience mm -hmm. that we become the person that we become. And uh, I do find it odd when people just... Argh! I'm angry yeah, at this yeah. thing, and it's like there's a whole life that you should dissect before you can truly make a uh, educated, like adjudication, uh, yeah, assessment, I, 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 assessment, yeah, yeah. yeah. On, on on someone's life. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, there were right, there were a couple really like just horrifying, intentionally shocking reactions that did not take into account that you know a third of a family and you know a lot a lot of people died yesterday way too many people died in a very tragic horrible way but there were also there's just an outpouring of uh you know people talking about what he meant to their lives um you know i think you i got i got a sense that you know he really stood out as somebody who like kind of was a intellectual and philosophical like figure to people like even though he was a basketball player right. like he was somebody who spoke multiple languages he was somebody who talked about basketball and competition like from a philosophical perspective and like studied and read and you know like one of the first things you heard about him was that he like 
had some crazy high score on his SAT and like could have gone anywhere he wanted, but he was just like, no, I'm ready for the league. Just competitive. Yeah. Yeah, And just competitive and wanted to play in the NBA. So like, I think there's like something, uh, there's an extra dimension there just objectively, like as a national figure. But I will say as somebody who's a transplant to LA, uh, I've never seen a city ride as hard for someone as LA rides for Kobe. Like his career had an afterlife unlike anything I've seen. Like even Jordan fans in Chicago weren't like refusing to root for new members of the Bulls after Jordan retired. When one of the greatest players joins the team. Yeah. I mean, there's just something obstinate and hard headed about LA's love for Kobe. um, That is, you know, admirable. And, you know, uh, unlike anything I've ever seen in a fandom, uh, it's almost like a perfect storm for, uh, you know, creating just a, you know, sainthood for a for a modern athlete. The way like the way he's going to be revered uh, going forward. I don't think you can pick an athlete, active or retired, whose death would mean more to uh, a city. I mean, you could just see how the you know all the games that were played on Sunday the effect it had on every person playing some yeah. some some teams are like nobody's coming in the locker room before yeah. after like other people were just sobbing outwardly like on the bench yeah coaches were like it was it's it shows you just sort of what his place is I mean as one of the the greatest players and uh I honestly aside from even from being a Laker fan there's the manner in which it happened is so tragic and he was on the helicopter with his daughter who was showing tremendous promise uh, as an athlete, as, you know, like it, he was, she was, they were always together at games. You could see their relationship was very strong. And yeah, I, I, I've, I'm pure. Most of me is looking at this purely from a, through a human lens, not even as a fan or whatever. Right. I'm like, my God, if this, I don't know. It's so fucking, it's so tragic. I, I still can't really yeah. articulate exactly how I feel. If I, um, if I've learned, anything recently that maybe I'll I can share mm. is uh that separation is an illusion mm-hmm. which uh is a lot to wrap one's head around but like for example I'm I'm far away from my entire family mm-hmm. uh and I was like since I was 15 right that I actually went through the grieving stages of losing my parents even though they're still alive. Right, just from um, the physical distance. The physical distance, uh, they, they literally were gone. Mm-hmm. And so I, my body actually went through grief. Mm. And what's interesting now is, you know, I'm, I'm really far away from all the friends and family that I've got, you know, the decade-long relationships. Sure. And, uh, and I recently realized that the ones that I truly love and know are actually, I know it sounds like, ooh, you know, like fantasy-type talk, but... They are well and truly alive in my head. Mm-hmm. If I were to ask my you know, my best friend a question, I almost know how he would respond or how she would respond. Um, and so I have them in my head, and it's like like David Bowie, like he, right. when he died, it was it was hard. I was like, oh man, I really loved his music, mm-hmm. loved it so much. You know, his music is incredible. I know it's easier said than done. Death is challenging for us all but it's uh it's interesting how you know yeah. maybe there's a revival in a way maybe there's a you know like 
Yo, yeah. He's inspired yeah. so many that now actually there's loads of tiny Kobe's everywhere. One of my favorite uh, afterlives in fiction is the Coco afterlife, where like your uh, like your memory is sort of how you live on in in the afterlife, and like you basically still exist as long as people remember you. Uh, and yeah, I, I I think that's there's something valuable about that and like kind of profound about that. Uh, yeah. I just, yeah, I hope all of these families uh, involved are able to grieve. I mean, I, uh, Jesus, yeah. like, you can't imagine like, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I know how every parent speaks about losing a child. Yeah. And I know how my own parents would even talk about losing a child and having, you know, talking to friends, uh, you know, parents who have lost their children. It's the worst thing that can happen. And some of these yeah. You know, some like nearly entire families have been erased. Yeah. And I can, I just hope that that process can be one where they can find peace. Because yeah. That's I'm, maybe my biggest fear, I think. Yeah. The, the idea of bringing life in and then, yeah. Like them going before me. Yeah. Yeah. I was at a four year old birthday party when I, when like everybody basically at the same time learned the, the news and like people were crying and shit. But, I, I think that is uh, something uh, to like. He had been over over the last year had been really like coming out as a as a parent. Like it, that that was sort of how he was primarily presenting himself as, in the public as like some you know a a father to this amazing young woman who was preparing to be basically a superstar. Uh, athlete and you know just being uh just like seeing them interact on the sidelines and stuff i I also think that that's you know when you talk about the impact that uh somebody has after they're gone and people's memories and sort of the cultural consciousness like i think that's a very valuable one to be uh you know a really great father and it just shows you these kinds of like parasocial relationships we create with people we don't even know i mean i think that shows you too like i you can go outside i'm telling you most people have some kind of purple and gold on oh there's like it's i I saw it everywhere where in my neighborhood this morning on hollywood i saw people but it's you know these celebrities mean so many can mean so many different things to people in different ways um and you know the obviously his legacy uh, is complicated, but I think for at the moment, the only the only feeling that I really have is just looking at this tragedy as a whole and being like just really sick to my stomach um, because it's just so fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I guess when when it's also how someone goes, right? Yeah. So a helicopter crash just seems so. Oh, like a, what a what a way, what a Senseless horrible, and horrible, horrible way to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, not that there's any like good ways. Well, oh, I he guess went it's that like way. yeah. I Lucky. guess if you die, you know, of old age, the thing every the, if some people would say, I just want to be old and go in my sleep right. from old age. Sure, <laughs> yeah. but then yeah, like these when it's not expected, it's it you know because I think we we all live with this existential fear of our own mortality, yeah. and then you have something like this come up so vividly um it it activates a lot of those things that's why i'm like i don't know what i'm processing exactly i don't know if i'm processing my own mortality and how uh how we all just hang by a thread and how quickly things can change in an instant is it that the loss of 
uh, a sports figure who has created a lot of great memories between my friends and my family and just the entire communities? Is it the is it me responding to seeing images of other athletes being so distraught over the loss of a friend or mentor or idol? I don't. I'm not sure, I but I think all that's that, right? yeah, yeah. But when you see it all. Uh, it's, it's hard to put a finger on it. And, you know, some people were like asking me like, well, what about this or that? I'm like, I don't, I, I sure I can, all these things can be true. Right. You know, he can be, uh, he could be a, a sexual predator. He can be the, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He could be a father, uh, who tragically died with his daughter in a helicopter crash along with these other families and the pilot. And it's just, my God, it's just, I don't know. Uh, Eric, it's been a pleasure having you. Thanks for having despite me. Despite the sad ending to the episode uh where where can people find you and follow you uh instagram would probably be a good shout um but i'm also starting to make some cool youtube content nice. i say cool by you know by myself i mean uh, i love if i can cool say so content. myself but yeah. like it's gonna get it's gonna get weird is there a tweet you've been enjoying um i actually i am off twitter is there a, a youtube video uh any work of social media or any media that you've been enjoying? Uh, no. Great. It <laughs> <laughs> no, just isn't. Well, that's good to counterbalance here. Nothing is overrated. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? Oh, if you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also on my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra. Um, and first of all, I just want to thank everybody that came out to the SF Sketchfest yeah, yeah. live show we did over the weekend. Oh, what yeah. a fucking blessing to see everybody in a room and the vibes were fucking so positive and it was all love after the show. Um Really great to meet everybody. Uh, you know, every you know who you were. We all shared moments, so mm. I, I think we all we are greatest thanks to all the Zeit gang that pulled up. Tweet that I like. Oh boy, where is it? Oh, okay. So <laughs> this is a tweet from Reductress that I like. As someone who has helped uh, their significant other straighten their hair uh, with a flat iron, it says, "How to straighten your hair?" Except that one part in the back that literally everyone will see, because <laughs> it's always like. Hold on, I think I did it. And then I'm like, nah, hold on. Let me let me hook up the back part real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very hard. So, you know, I, I know the struggle for you, for straightener gang out there. Some tweets I've been enjoying. Lil Sasquatch tweeted, dudes be like, I have a dark sense of humor. Coronavirus? I'm more of a Bud Light guy. Um, <laughs> a lot of those jokes going around on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Marissa, mind of Marissa, tweeted, my cousin's Tesla just got stolen. Should we call it an Edison now? <laughs> and then, oh, that's actually uh, a good. That's like I quite enjoy that. Yeah, she didn't. Really it didn't get me. It didn't guffaw me. Yeah, she's <laughs> but, uh, full of just really clever, yeah. clever shit. Uh, and then Ben Jacobs uh, tweeted: Pete Buttigieg starts off his Fox News town hall being asked about Kobe Bryant and talking about people being inspired by what Kobe did on the field and off the field. Um, oh wow! Yeah. So wow, he big man fan of the people and of the people. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what's that going to be today? It's a track from uh, Sudan Archives called Iceland Moss, A Colors Show. 
Uh, and I just really dig uh, Sudan, uh, Sudan Archives. Just really good musician, songwriter. Her vocals are great. The beats are always like, you know, they're out there. She's a violinist who also, you know, uses samples. It's just a, I don't know, just a great artist. Uh, so this is a great track from her. So check that out, Sudan Archives. All right, we're going to ride out on that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for today. Uh, we'll be back this afternoon telling you about what is trending, and then tomorrow with another podcast. We'll talk to you then. Bye. I'm tired.